Welcome to Under the Lens. Come and enjoy an extraordinary, raw, and unfiltered podcast that delivers debate, discussions, and interviews about film, pop culture, and everything in between. Here is your host, film critic and journalist, Byron Lafayette. Greetings, all, and welcome to another episode of Under the Lens. I am, of course, your host, Byron Lafayette, and today we are going to have a very special episode. And I know it seems like I say a very special episode every episode, but I think that's just because every episode is very special. (laughs) So we are going to be uh, talking about today uh, top five patriotic movies to watch for the July 4th holiday coming up. And I am going to be joined today uh, by special guest, J.B. Huffman. Thanks for uh, joining me today, J.B. Oh, man. Thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Mm-hmm. And as, uh, as I'm sure anybody who's followed uh, my podcast or J.B.'s podcast knows, uh, both of us are huge fans of list episodes because uh, we watch <laughs> so many movies and we always have a list of movies for pretty much any occasion. So it's mm-hmm. like whenever I, I'm going to do a list episode, I always think, OK, I got it. I got to get my man J.B. because he always has great <laughs> selections. <laughs> um you know, so all right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into our list here. As always, we start with uh, with some honorable mentions, and uh, you know, and I have a feeling probably uh, both of us are going to be using the honorable mentions list to slip in a few uh, more into that top five. So I know I'm at least planning on doing that. So, uh, so what's what's your first uh, honorable mention, JB? Uh, I'm go- I got to go with Apollo 13. Mm, very good That's- one. It's probably my favorite Ron Howard movie, and I've I've seen it. I've only seen it a couple of times. I mean, I've seen it obviously. It, it used to come on TV a lot when I was a kid, and I and I've seen you know bits and pieces of it growing up. But like actually sitting through it, I've only seen it twice, I believe. But I mean, that's just a very very American thing right there. <laughs> Go going out into space and trying to yeah, that's a. Uh, you know, it started in the '60s, and it's just something that we've always wanted to do, and 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 now they're they've been privatizing it, which I think is cool. Um, we'll, we'll, that's we're not going to get into that because that's polarizing as well. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I love anything to do with space travel, and definitely definitely excited to see what the future uh, has for us. You know, going to Mars and back to the Moon with Artemis and everything. I think it's it's definitely going to be uh you know I think no matter what end of the spectrum. Uh, our listeners fall on it's, it's going to be interesting to watch to see uh to see what ends up developing but uh, sure. uh and apollo 13 is it's a it's a great film i i i haven't seen that one in probably maybe five to seven years or so but it's just it's so so good uh it's such a fantastic cast and uh yeah just just an excellent excellent spacefaring film mm-hmm well, the first one on my on my honorable mentions list uh, is a film that I would say is not necessarily all that good of a film, but I still love it to pieces, and that is uh, 2012's uh, Battleship. Uh, you know, it is it is just like I said, it's not really a very good film, but it's so much fun. Uh, you know, they take the idea of the board game and, for some inexplicable reason, decide to throw an alien invasion into that. 
and the alien invasion is fighting the U.S. Navy, and uh, and it's just uh, it just is it's very much one of those uh, hoorah type uh, films. Um, and, uh, you know, we get to see just like, you know, massive amount of just, uh, I guess the best way to say it would be like Navy porn, basically, <laughs> um, you know, just like so many battleships and just, you know, and there's a, there's an amazing sequence where they, uh, where they bring out an old world war two, uh, battleship because all the other ones have been destroyed and, you know, and they're going out just laying waste to the, to the aliens. And it's just, it, it's great. You know, it has a lot of great odds, um, odes to, uh, to veterans serving and everything. It's just, it's one of those ones. If you just want to put it on with the family and just have a, have a good time, you know, and kind of turn your brain off. It's a lot of fun. Nice. I actually haven't seen that one yet. Uh, it's, it's, it's been on my list along with, you know, thousands and thousands of other movies that I've been wanting to watch. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> check it out. Does that have uh Taylor Kitsch in it? It does, yes. He, yes, he's okay. the lead in it. Uh-huh. And I think uh, Liam Neeson is also in it. Um, he's one of the admirals. Uh, yeah, has has a great a great cast. And I, I pretty much love anything with Taylor in it. Uh, oh, you know, yeah, he's, he's sure, good man. in anything. <laughs> Tim Riggins, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it is, Tim Riggins. <laughs> uh. Well, I guess I'm going to just uh, mention three right quick because they're all pretty similar. Um, they're all movies. They're all war movies that came out within the last 20 years. And they're all, <laughs> now that I think about it, they're all directed by basically, you know, I'm the manly movies guy, right? <laughs> uh, the, these three movies are all directed by pretty much a, a who's who of manly movies directors, because these guys have made a lot of them. Um, and they're all based on actual events that have happened in my lifetime. So um, it's going to be uh, Ridley Scott's Black Hawk Down, mm. uh, Clint Eastwood's American Sniper, and Michael Bay's 13 Hours. Ooh, all fantastic choices. <laughs> and so visceral, too, like, and, and hard, difficult to watch, just like... And that's that's why I couldn't put them in my top five because I can't watch these every year. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh. so, oh, it's just they're hard, gut wrenching, man. But I I I love them. They're they're great, great, great films, great manly movies that, that with some some good nuggets of wisdom in them. And and I mean, who doesn't love a good war movie, man? Especially, I mean, and, and these events are we're not too far away from these events, you know, like. Yeah, it's, that's it's that's very true. It's it's bizarre to kind of think that, you know, for a lot of these, you know, we lived through them, you know, and like and mm-hmm. saw them or were were very very close to it. Um, I can't remember the exact date for uh for Mogadishu with Black Hawk Down, but uh, uh, you know, I was I was at the very least, you know, a child when it happened. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's very uh, it, it is weird to to think that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not like watching, you know, Saving Private Ryan, you know, took place 70 years ago. No, that's very, that's very true. And, uh, you know, thir- um, uh, 13 hours uh, with Michael Bay, that one is, is one of those ones, you know, that I love to point out to people when they're like, oh, he's such a terrible director or whatever. And I'm like, go check out this movie. It really 
really showcases, you know, when he puts together a story with heart, with emotion, and adds his his uh, his flair for action and explosions and everything. And it's it's a great mix of uh, of of those two things. I felt. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. I mean, has some some good artistic qualities to it. I mm-hmm. mean, I what what it, what some people somebody has said that he's the director of a thousand cuts or something like that mm-hmm. because yeah i mean he's he overly edits his movies but i mean I, it's fine that's his that's his shtick um and he and he has his own flair and and i get it i mean it's he he's he's pretty much a one trick pony as far as cinematography goes but like this is a, an example of him making something that's from the heart and very, very well acted by by some some really good actors, including Mr. John Krasinski from The Office. That's mm-hmm. uh, it's a, a a great cast, and uh, what happened and the event it's it plays it out, and and cool oh, man, <laughs> it's rough. Uh, it is, yeah, it's it's very, very rough, rough film. Like you said, not one of those ones that you can rewatch all the time. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know that's how I feel about Black Hawk Down. Like probably one of the best war movies that's ever been made. But it's yeah, like yeah. I can really only rewatch it maybe like every I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a, a once a decade rewatch almost. <laughs> you know, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, I have a I have about three honorable mentions that I'll go through real quick here, uh, and uh, it, they're they're all kind of different than each other. It's kind of kind of strange, but um, the first one is going to be uh, Mel Gibson's The Patriot. Uh, great, you know, gut wrenching film, but so good. Um, really, really enjoy that one a lot. Uh, then uh, Harrison Ford's Air Force One which is a, you know, just a, a super fun, you know, American action film. And then one that a lot of people may not have heard of, uh, this one was, was made, I can't remember the year it was made, but it's called a more perfect union. And, uh, it's a movie about the founding of, or the ratifying and the creation of the constitution. And, uh, it's a, excellent excellent film if you're interested in you know that uh that subject matter uh it's very very good um i believe it was made by um, brigham young university uh i believe were the were was the people behind it who paid for it but it's a very well-made film uh and uh i had to watch it for school when i was a kid and i ended up just really falling in love with it um being kind of the history buff that i am as some people will see with my top five <laughs> 1989 mm-hmm. Uh, yes, that's what, yes, I believe you had 1989. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'll have to check that out. I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen that one in quite a long time, but, uh, but I remember it really stuck with me as a, as a kid, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just interesting seeing all of the, the, the turmoils and trouble going on, you know, between all the people ratifying this document. Uh, it's a very, 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 uh, very interesting to see to say the least. <laughs> Gotcha. I gotta mention one more. What did you did you get? Did you, did you mention all yours? Uh, let's see. Yes. Uh, yeah, I had four on my list. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have one more that I I, mm-hmm. I gotta mention it. It's probably gonna be on your list. Uh-huh. I'm sure it's on most people's list, but <laughs> I had to throw it out there. Independence Day, man. 
Oh um, yes, uh-huh. I just I just recorded an episode for that that's supposed to be coming out on on Jan mm-hmm. on Fourth uh, of July, and it, it's a I, I've only seen it twice, but it's one that now that I've you know watched it again, I, I'm gonna have to start watching it probably every year mm-hmm. because it's just so so dang good, and I didn't put it in my top five only because. It's not really, they're saving the world, not just America, you know? So Mm -hmm. I kind of, I was like, yeah, I'm going to leave that off just because I'm sure it's going to be on somebody else's list. And I wanted to get these other five in there just because they're different. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I I know, I know that feeling. Yeah. It's, you know, Independence Day, it's one of my all time favorites, Uh, probably, it's probably in my, my top 10 to 20 movies of all time. Just, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I can't even remember the first time I saw it. I was a kid, you know, and just absolutely loved it. And it normally is one that, that I rewatch most every 4th of July or somewhere close to the 4th of July. I rewatch it. Uh, and definitely this year will be no different. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we won't talk about the sequel. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just, uh, an absolute, absolute masterclass in action uh, filmmaking. Uh, you know, um, Roland Emmerich has a lot of critics, you know, out there, but you know, the man does know how to create a action disaster spectacle, and he was at the top of his game with Independence Day. Oh, for sure, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that dude. He may, he may honestly, I love all of his disaster movies that he's mm-hmm. done. Like they're all like even even. And I know this might get a little, a lot of people, you know, looking or listening to me all weird, but I loved <laughs> Moonfall, man. I enjoyed it in the theaters. I it was it was a fun experience, and it was something that kind of made me think a little bit. Um, but it, but it man, it had a lot of heart, and I actually shed a tear there towards the end. So like it was, uh, I'm a fan. Yeah. Fan. No, honestly, yeah, I I was not I I was not on board with all the hate for Moonfall. I had a great time watching it. Uh, you know, it, it was it was a pretty original concept for, you know, a science fiction film, uh, you know, and just, uh, yeah, I, ha- I had a great time with it. You know, uh, it, you know, it showcased all of his his disaster skills. Like you said, it had heart to it, um, you know, had it had a good story. So, yeah, uh, honestly, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. <sighs> all right. Well. It is now that time, time to start hitting our top fives. I'm very curious to see what yours are uh, and uh, how many of our, how many uh, films have landed on both of our lists or if it's going to be uh, uh, where we have all chosen uh, different things. So uh, why don't you uh, start us off, uh, JB, what is your uh, number five? My number five, a... An American list, a patriotic list, whatever you want to call it, would not be complete without at least one John Wayne movie. Oh, has to. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I went with uh, Howard Hawks, 1959, Rio Bravo. Ooh, fantastic movie. And I, I, the reason I went with that is it's kind of tongue-in-cheek because um, John Wayne had said that uh, High Noon was an un-American movie that and 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 Howard Hawks 
said it the same. Well, they they both criticized the movie, saying that you know a, a real American sheriff isn't going to be running around like a chicken with his head cut off, you know, <laughs> trying trying to get help from people. He's gonna he's gonna stand his ground. And so, well, Howard Hawks and John Wayne they make Rio Bravo a couple of years later in response to that movie. And this is what America is all about, man. This is this is what when I look at Patriots, that versus not High Noon. I know High Noon gets all the praise, but dude, Rio Bravo is all about a man handling his business because he's got a job to do and he's going to do it. And he doesn't run around looking for help. He actually refuses help from people. Um, he's got a couple people that, that he works with, but that, um, the old man, I can't think of his name. Uh, and then dude (laughs) (laughs) and, 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 oh, Ricky Nelson, uh, Dean Martin and Ricky Nelson Mm -hmm. singing. I mean, you can't have a bad movie with that, with that, that happening. Stumpy. That was the, the, the guy's name, but yeah, I mean, he does have a few people that help him, but that's just because, you know, they, they refuse to leave, (laughs) But, (laughs) but you know, John chance, that is a man's man. And I, I, I love this movie. It's, one one that I haven't seen up until just like about a year or so ago, but dude, it's 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 the American way. <laughs> love it, love it. And I I really need to uh, to rewatch Rio Bravo because I remember you know I saw it years and years ago. Really, really liked it a lot, and so I, it's one that I definitely need to revisit because uh, uh, I know that it um uh, they sometimes put it into almost like a spiritual trilogy, almost with the uh, 1966's uh, El Dorado and uh, 1970s Rio Lobo. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause they're kind of like similar, similar themes and characters and stuff. Uh, but yeah, Rio Bravo is, is one of the all time great Westerns. I, w- I would say that's, that's, that's probably one I'm going to revisit this week. I think. <laughs> Do it. Well, my, uh, my, uh, my number five is going to be, it's a, it's a tie between these two films. Uh, and so the, uh, the, the first one, um, uh, I'll go with is, uh, the right stuff. Uh, it is just, it is an absolute classic of the space age. And, you know, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those movies that it just, it's all, it's just it's so it's so patriotic but it's not patriotic in like a hoorah kind of way it's just you know it's just very much about like the the enduring of the american spirit and you know and it just has it just has such an amazing cast and and just kind of seeing this this basically true story kind of you know play out on the screen is is just it's incredible uh you know, I mean, we got, you know, for some people who haven't seen it, you know, we have like Ed Harris playing John Glenn. We have Sam Shepard as Chuck Yeager. Scott Glenn as Al Shepard. Uh, Dennis Quaid as Gordon Cooper. I mean, I could just go on and on. Like, it's it's just, it's incredible. Uh, and uh, I first, uh, weirdly enough, I actually first saw it on July 4th uh, as a kid. Uh, one of my, um, my cousin's uh, fiance uh, brought it over and said, Hey, let's all watch, you know, the right stuff as we're cooking. And I'd never heard of it. We just started watching it. I was glued to the screen. And, uh, and after that, it just kind of became one of my favorite, uh, patriotic movies to, uh, to revisit, uh, every other 4th of July. Yeah. That movie, I actually had, I had never seen it up until, I think it was, might've been last year. 
but dude, it's so good. <laughs> oh, it, it hits, it hits so hard. And, you know, and the thing is what I love about it too, is that, you know, not even just being a hard hitting biopic, but it also has some great artistic choices as well, you know, with the way it's filmed, you know, uh, you know, the, I remember the, the juxtaposing of kind of like, you know, the, the dancing sequences, you know, uh, with the crash sequence, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it has, it has some great filmmaking in there as, as well. It's just so good. Um, then the uh, the second film for number five uh, that's tied is um, uh, Nicholas Cage's World Trade Center. Okay. And and uh, this is a uh, this is a film that uh, it released. Uh, I'm to remember the uh, look up the date here that it released. It was 2006. And uh, it's kind of one of those films, it kind of came and went. Uh, it's not, I want to say it's not one that's super well known. Uh, you know, it doesn't hit uh, a lot of people's, you know, best of lists, but um, it's a film that I really, really love and have grown to love even more uh, over the years. Uh, you know, it has, um, you know, like I said, it has a, it has a great cast um, of characters, you know, Maria Bello, Maggie uh, Gyllenhaal, uh, you know, uh, just, just really, really good. And, uh, it's directed by Oliver Stone, uh, who's, you know, one of my favorite filmmakers. I really, uh, yeah. like his, his movies again. Same. And, um, yeah, he's just, he's so, he's so good. And, you know, he makes like one movie every 25 years, it seems, you know, but the, you know, the reason I put it down is, you know, as like a patriotic, you know, film is because obviously, you know, it's about one of America's darkest moments, you know, it's not a celebration of American strength or anything. Uh, but it very much is, is a celebration of the strength of America's spirit and, you know, people helping each other, people rallying, you know, during their darkest moments and, you know, and it's just, you know, following basically two, you know, firemen, you know, who go into the world trade center to help people and get trapped and it's about the efforts to rescue them and kind of their real true life experience of what happened to them while they were you know, buried underneath all this rubble. And uh, it's very much a, a tearjerker, um, very intense, uh, you know, an emotional journey. But uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it, definitely recommend checking it out. Um, I would even go so far as to say that I think it's one of Nicolas Cage's better performances uh, over the years. Okay. That is one that has been on my list for a long, and and I'm like you, I love Oliver Stone. I mean, I've, I've and and out of out of the movies that I've seen, I've seen like, I'm, I've, I've seen a lot of them. Like I've seen Platoon, JFK, Snowden, Wall Street, uh, both of them, yeah. <laughs> Natural Born Killers, The Doors, Born on the Fourth of July. Uh, my personal favorite, Any Given Sunday. <laughs> mm, that's uh, one that I have not seen, but I have the Blu-ray uh, oh, in my living man. room, and I need to see that one. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. I love mm -hmm. it, love it, love it. It's, I mean, it. we're not going to talk about all of his movies, but I just want to say, <laughs> it. much like Platoon shows a, a hardcore, visceral glimpse of what it's like to be uh, in Vietnam, um, he shows in that movie the behind the curtains and, and all the everything, the good and the bad and the ugly of what it's like to be a professional athlete. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. Oh, I, I need to I need to check that one out. Uh, and man, I just actually just realized that he 
he did a uh, he did a film called Savages with Aaron Taylor Johnson, Taylor Kish, uh, Blake Lively, uh, Benicio del Toro. I've not seen that one. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty good. It's uh-huh. interesting to say uh, to say the least. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. That's what I've always appreciated about him as a filmmaker is that he takes risks and he doesn't uh, like, you know, he, he doesn't care about box office. He just is like, I'm going to make the movie the way I want to make it. And that's it. Oh, yeah. And I appreciate that very much. <laughs> I respect it so mm-hmm. much. Uh, <sighs> all right. So what's your next on, on your list? My number four. And see, these are all so different, man. Like, uh, <laughs> What is the most American thing besides apple pie? It's baseball, man. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I had to include Field of Dreams on this list, man. Because I know a lot of people might say The Sandlot or, you know, a lot of people has their favorite baseball movie. But this, Mm -hmm. this is my personal favorite. That's why this was the very first episode that I released of my show was Field of Dreams. It's to me, there are a lot of sports movies out there. Most sports movies, actually, they use sports as a backdrop to tell some other kind of story. But this movie, and beside, aside from being a father-son kind of story, it's also like very much about baseball and, and what it does to you and why it's America's pastime and why we love it so much. It's because we getting to experience this with a community of other people or with a team like us. And we get to play something that we've been playing since we were five years old, you know, (laughs) and, and and just forget about everything else that's going on around us. We can still play that game that we've been playing our entire life. So it's just, Oh man. (laughs) And, And when we watch it on TV, like this is why we love it so much is because it's something that we, that everybody's played. You know, like, and that's, that's what the movie in its heart and its heart of hearts is to me is what it's all about is it's all about the sport of baseball. Mm-hmm. So that's why I love it so much. And that's why I say it's like one of the greatest sports movies. Cause it's actually about the sport. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, so glad you included that one. Cause yeah, it, you know, it, it's exactly what you said. You know, baseball is, is the quintessential, American sport, you know, uh, and it's just, you know, there, there's, there's very little that's more community communal or just has that Americana feel to it. Uh, you know, and, you know, I, I, I remember I, I told my mom recently that I said like, man, I thought I really wish my dad would have put me into, uh, you know, into little league, you know, baseball as a kid, you know, uh, I was in a, I was in soccer instead, but I was, I was like, man, I would have loved to have done, done baseball. Uh, cause this baseball is, it, it's just, it's awesome. You know, I, and I'm so, so happy, you know, that we're in baseball season now and I get to get to follow my favorite teams. Oh, very true. All right. Well, my, uh, my fourth, uh, on the list, uh, here is, uh, you know, as, as you said, you know, no list is complete without, uh, John Wayne. Uh, <laughs> so, so the, the John Wayne film that I, I selected, uh, for this list just because of, of the American feel to it is uh, going to be the longest day. Hmm. Uh, you know, it is just a, it's a classic of, uh, you know, of the golden age of Hollywood, uh, you know, a classic of the world war two genre. And, um, 
And what I love about it so much is that not only is it an entertaining movie, you know, uh, it's a also a fairly long movie considering, uh, you know, the time that it released, but that uh, I really love that it's it's almost like a docto drama, you know, of D-Day because we're following these various different characters in different portions of the D-Day invasion. And we're seeing, you know, their, their struggles, their victories, their, you know, their, uh, their losses, you know, and it's a very emotional journey. Uh, you know, we, we even see a little bit of like the German side as well. It's just, it's a fascinating movie. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a great fictional uh, chronicle of, you know, what could arguably be considered, you know, one of America's greatest, you know, greatest victories, uh, in a, uh, in a theater of combat. Yeah. Uh, agreed. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's one that I just watched for the first time uh, it's fairly recently, about a year or so ago, but it's, um, as you, I, I wanted to say this earlier, but I'll say this about this movie and um the other the, the right stuff that you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. man it's it's a testament to how well done you've made a, a movie that the editing is tight enough and that the the pacing is good enough and like to watch a three hour movie and never feel like it ever lags at all and like it, you're literally watching the whole thing and on the edge of your seat the whole time and feel like you could have watched more. <laughs> and that's, uh, absolutely. That's how mm-hmm. I felt with both of those movies, with The Right Stuff and The Longest Day. I was like, man, I just watched three hours, and like, dude, I could watch another three hours. And I felt that <laughs> way about uh, the, the Great Escape as well. Like, you, it, There's a lot of really long movies out there that they're long, and they, they feel long. <laughs> <laughs> But these movies don't, they don't, they don't feel like, I mean, they feel like they're an hour and a half or two hours. So um, that's a testament to the filmmaking testament to the acting and and the editing. And like, it's just very well paced film. And I love the way they tell it from all these different perspectives and different languages and everything. That's just a very cool way to do it. And so yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm glad that's on there, man. Because I was thinking about it too. I was like, man, the longest <laughs> day really belongs on this list. It's true. It's like yeah, when there's there's so many great films to choose, and yeah, it was. It's I, I completely agree with everything you said. It's it's one of those movies that just flies by, uh, you know, like runtime wise. It just it's so it's so expertly made. Just very good. So everybody listening, definitely check out the longest day. Uh, definitely worth worth your time. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's worth three hours of your life. Even if you got to watch it for an hour, if you have to watch it for an hour a day for three days, I don't care. Watch the movie. <laughs> um, all right. This is going to be, the, <laughs> of course I had to have two sports movies in my top five, um, but this was not baseball. This one's boxing. And I had Ooh, to okay. put in Rocky four. Oh yes. Uh huh. Because man, nothing gets my heart pumping and adrenaline going like watching this dude in the snow training to beat this unstoppable Russian for America. (laughs) (laughs) Not necessarily okay, not for America, but it's really for his friend too. But like he he killed his best friend. And but dude, that's 
that's who we are, man. We we protect our allies, and if you mess with one of my friends, um, if you mess with one of our allies as a country or as a, as a person, if you mess with one of my friends like that, I'm really close to that close to. Yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be, you know what to pay. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this film, and I know the the original, the way it was done. Sly didn't really have a whole lot of hand in how it was edited and everything. Mm -hmm. And it kind of came up. A lot of people call it a propaganda piece for the cold war, but, and I get that. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, but it's, but you watch it and like, this is, this movie's so eighties. It's like, it's the rock and roll. (laughs) It's the rock and roll eighties sports movie. And you, you can't help but love it. But then when you watch the director's cut that uh, Stallone put out a couple of years ago, and it's a completely different movie. It's more about, I mean, it's just like a, it's a totally different tone. I'm not going to like you know, give any spoilers. If you haven't seen the director's cut, it's worth watching. Um, and if you haven't seen the original, they're both, watch them both. Like, cause <laughs> the movie is that good. It deserves it. Um, but uh, yeah, I reject the notion that it is a, it is a piece of propaganda and anybody who doesn't like Rocky four is a communist. <laughs> yeah. Rocky four is, it, it's one. I, I, I really love it a lot. It's, it's, it's that. Cause what's kind of amazing is that like, I, I always look at um, almost like the Rocky and the Rambo series. And, and it's quite interesting when you, when you look kind of compare like different entries in it, that, of like some that kind of worked and some that didn't. And like, and I feel like, you know, you look at almost like Rambo three and Rocky four as two examples of these, these films that tried to do a similar type thing. And in my opinion, you know, Rambo three just really didn't really work that well. And it didn't really accomplish what it was trying to where Rocky four absolutely does. And I love just, you know, I, I, I love the, the political overtones of it. I think that are really good. Um, like you said, it's pure '80s, you know, uh, with the way it's filmed, the boxing scenes. Just Dolph Lundgren is an absolute beast, you know, <laughs> just a complete mm-hmm. beast in that movie, uh, you know. And um, and it's just, you know, it's 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 '80s excess spectacle, rock and roll action. It's everything put together in one, and it just comes out excellent and perfect, almost, you know. Uh, so. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It's a fantastic movie. Um, I have not seen the director's cut, uh, and so I'm definitely gonna gonna put that down to go and see because uh, I'd be very interested to see uh, to see how that turned out. Yeah, um, Stallone actually directed it, and he, I mean, he always wanted to release his version of it, uh, and so like this was i think they released it in theaters but i i don't remember why i wasn't able to go but i ended up renting it whenever it was i mean i think it was released like the same day like to watch on voodoo or whatever Mm. and i think i got it for like i don't know four dollars or something It (laughs) it wasn't very expensive at all and then not too long ago i i bought the the digital version because you can only buy it in digital right now because i i don't know actually no it has been released on 4k in a box set uh, one through four 
has been I, I don't understand why they did that but that's that's another, that, another they, that's strange why they wouldn't include five and six they've got five six and yeah like and and, and the creed movies too but like yeah uh, at least include all the Rocky movies. I mean, you've got two more movies there. I mean, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but, especially yeah. with with how good uh, Rocky Six was. <laughs> oh man, that uh, was incredible. Hmm. Oh man, that's that's fascinating. Well, I'm definitely gonna I'm definitely gonna go and uh, and check that out because uh, yeah, I would be very interested to see uh, to see the you know what Stallone does with that because you know the man the man you know a lot of people may disagree but the man is an is an artist and he's a good writer he's a good director you know uh and i i really when he's kind of set loose to do his own thing i i find i really enjoy it uh you know and whole nother conversation but like i still have no idea why he did not direct rambo last blood i really wish he would have uh yeah you know, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother conversation we can have for another podcast. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to say this about Stallone. I'm a huge Stallone fan mm-hmm. and it says a lot when this dude writes out this part for Rocky, like he writes this, this entire movie and he goes to all these producers and they all like it. They, and they want to green light the movie. They're saying, who are you going to get to play Rocky? And he says, well, I'm going to play Rocky. And they're like, uh, we're not going to do this with you playing Rocky. So we need to find somebody else. Like he fought tooth and nail to get himself to play this character. Nobody thought he could do it. And because, I mean, he, he had done some acting, but he wasn't like this, you know, (laughs) this character just was not, they didn't feel like it was fit for him. And he wasn't really like a, a big name or whatever, but lo and behold, man, they finally give the, give him the green light. They bring in Jada Bieldson to basically be a stand-in director for him because you know he, <laughs> he already had his movie, <laughs> yeah, and and he releases the first movie he ever wrote and pretty much directed, and it wins Best Picture. <laughs> yeah, it's just incredible. Oh, like, it, it uh, some manly American stuff right there. I don't know what it is. Oh, that it is. It is true. It's incredible what he was able to accomplish with that, and. I know that also he he wrote a script for an Edgar Allan Poe film and uh, and it's never gotten produced. But like I read an article years and years ago in the trades where they said that, you know, it's just one of those ones just never been produced. And they said that everybody who has read it has said that it's like one of the great unproduced like scripts of like American film. And like I'm like, I, I want to see this movie. <laughs> it's like I want to see it. You know, it's like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right well let's see so number three. moving on to number three now my number three here is a it's probably going to be a bit controversial for for some people uh but uh you know uh, i'm not afraid of a little controversy here so my uh my third film uh is going to be uh 2000 uh 2003's uh Civil War film, Gods and Generals, uh, directed by Ron Maxwell. Okay. Uh, you know, for those who don't know, Gods and Generals was the prequel to uh, his film Gettysburg, and uh, which was uh, one of the great war movies of the of the nineties. Um, but uh, Gods and Generals is just, you know, um, I'm a little bit biased because, uh, you know, I was a uh, um, during high school, I did a lot of Civil War reenacting. Uh, 
for um for a a union regiment and you know uh had a huge amount of fun for those those uh those few years that i did that and um and gods and generals was was uh, heavily supported by the reenacting uh, community most of the soldier extras that you see in the film are actually all reenactors uh so i definitely am a little bit biased when it comes to that but just overall you know um you know this film has it has a great cast you know um it's led by stephen lang you know playing stonewall jackson we have robert duvall playing robert e lee and uh, jeff daniels returning as joshua lawrence chamberlain uh who was a union lieutenant colonel and he repri- he reprised that uh that role uh, uh from gettysburg and um you know, it's a it's a very long movie. Uh, the director's cut is uh, over four hours long, um, and the theatrical was, I believe, three hours and forty minutes. And uh, it basically it follows the Civil War from nineteen six uh, from nineteen from eighteen sixty one to eighteen sixty three. And um, what I think I love about it so much is that, you know, the it really kind of doesn't focus a huge amount on the politics. Uh, or the social issues of the Civil War. What it really does is it just gives you this look at the individuals in the war and the indiv- individual soldiers and even some civilians. You know, it goes out of its way to show these civilian families during some of the battles. And and it really just kind of drives in that, you know, all of these people who were involved in, in this war were humans. They were all people who had families. They were all normal people for the most part. And it really, it really showcases that. And um, I think this one quote kind of uh, from the movie, just from Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain, just kind of emphasizes that where he says, all these thousands of men, many of them not much more than boys, each one of them, some mother's son, some sister's brother, some daughter's father. Each of them was a whole person loved and cherished in some home far, far away from here. Many of them will never return. And that just really is the perfect, you know, encapsulation of what this movie is, is it's just showcasing those people. And, you know, it has a powerhouse performance by Stephen Lang. He's just, you know, he's an incredible actor, but he was just fantastic as a, as Stonewall Jackson. And so, you know, so that's why it, uh, has fallen onto my uh, number three for my uh, patriotic films. And, you know, and I would say, you know, it doesn't matter what side of the civil war spectrum you fall on. There's some people, you know, who favor one side over the other or whatever. Um, But you know what, you know, it doesn't really matter because it it showcases people from the Northern side and from the Southern side as main characters. It shows you both sides and it shows you both characters and uh, it's just so good. So definitely, definitely check it out. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, um, a, a very good friend of mine has been wanting me to watch it for a long time, mm-hmm. and he's he actually lives in Cleveland, so but he's it's like his one of his all time favorite movies ever. Um, but I keep like, man, it's four hours. <laughs> and it, it I, is. I mean, it, I want very to long, <laughs> but having to get my hands on it to watch because if I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch the full, you know, over four hours director cut. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm probably just going to end up buying because I know you can get like the box set of both movies, and that's probably what I'm going to end up doing—just biting the bullet. <laughs> <Just gonna go. laughs> definitely, you know, I would I would definitely say, yeah, definitely see the director's cut. It uh, it adds so much more, and, and and it actually is one of those examples where it is a full director's cut, and like it has an entire battle that was cut. Um, <laughs> it just has it is so much extra subplots and contents. There's a whole plot with uh, John Wilkes Booth, you know, uh, through it that was cut out. That's in the director's cut. 
so yeah, definitely, it's definitely worth uh, worth it to uh, to get. I I got the Civil War 150th anniversary uh, commemorative edition where it comes with both films and it has like all these maps and special stuff that it included with it. Um, and so, yeah, definitely, you know, whenever you can carve out that four or five five hours to be able to see it, def- yeah. definitely worth worth your time. <laughs> All right. So my number two, I got to include it, man. This makes three movies from the 80s that I have in my top five. <laughs> um, but I could not let this list go without including Top Gun. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. And, and honestly... I can throw Maverick in there as well. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 Top Gun Maverick that came out last year. Like I could I could mention both of those in the same breath. Like they're both just perfectly well done uh, movies about these fighter pilots and and you know their lives and and everything. And like it's just it mixes drama and action and know romance and just straight like man pissing contest <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like it's, it's just like oh man it's just everything everything about this country man is is all mixed up in that movie and um what i really love and i'm going to mention the, the new one real quick because what i loved about the, the top Gun maverick is it's a perfect sequel to the original from over 20, like 30 years ago. But, but any other, what I, what I really loved about it is there was no politics in it at all. I mean, normally if you watch any kind of a military movie, especially like that's popular or blockbuster or whatever, you know, they're going to have some things to say about the military and that, that, probably aren't going to be what, what you would have said about them in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I was going to this movie thinking, okay, what kind of social things are they going to have to uh, spring up? But you know what, man, there was no politics. There was nothing. It was just a, a beautiful tribute to these characters and to the, to the Navy. And, and I, I, I loved it. And I love the original, the original is like, it's a, it's an all time top, 20 30 40 like somewhere around there i, I kind of go back and forth but every time i watch it man it's just so incredible and and the more i watch it <laughs> the older i get the more i you know when i'm 20 and i'm watching this movie i'm like oh i want to be like maverick right yeah, and the, and now when I watch it, and I'm you know in my late thirties, and I'm like, no, Iceman was right <laughs> the whole <Yeah>. time. <laughs> like, Iceman's the good guy in this movie. I'm sorry, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, <laughs> man. Both both films are so good. Perfect, perfect compliments to each other. Uh, you know, Maverick may maybe one of the best sequels ever made. You know. Uh, it just, it is, it is just, it hits every single beat and, you know, with how iconic, you know, Top Gun, you know, is, and, you know, it fully deserves, you know, it's iconic status, you know, that I remember when Top Gun 2 came out, I was, I was a little worried because it was like, okay, this is a very, you know, long after the fact legacy sequel, you know, um, it's following up so much, you know, uh, you know, so much, you know, uh, of, a 
you know, so much of a, uh, the legacy, you know, that the first one left and it just, it knocked everything out of the park. And, you know, that, uh, you know, that, that first movie, you know, like you said, it has everything in it and just, you know, the soundtrack is just a banger, you know? <laughs> um, Oh man. Yeah. Just so, 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 so good. Um, you know, I've been meaning to, uh, to rewatch both of them, uh, both of them again. Cause, uh, you know, I saw, I've seen Maverick twice, you know, I can't wait to see it again for a third time. Cause it's just, you know, it just gets better with every rewatch. <laughs> yeah. I watched it in theaters, but I haven't watched mm-hmm. it since, since then. So it's, <laughs> that's been about a year now or over a year, almost a year. Mm-hmm. I think. But I, I, yeah, I, I need to get the movie. I think I have, I haven't bought the, the, I'm going to pick it up at some point, but I just, I hadn't done it. Yeah. I need to, uh, I saw the, uh, the steel book for it and I, I want to pick up the steel book for Maverick. Uh, it was, it was a cool looking steel book. And just because, you know, yeah, basically any movie that I care enough, you know, a newer film to buy, you know, I, I try and pick up the steel book if I can. (laughs) Yeah. I just always try to wait and see if I can find it for ten dollars. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, you know the bar- bargain hunting with uh, with physical media is always always so much fun to do because uh, you can you can find some good stuff. Like uh, I went to my uh, my Dollar Tree, uh, you know, for uh, over a series of months, and they had so many Blu-rays for a buck, and I was able to pick up like some great movies, uh, you know, for for dirt cheap, you know. So it's it's worth shopping around and, and looking for stuff. <laughs> Oh, all right. What's your number two? All right. Well, my number two almost was my number one. Almost uh, came very, very close. Uh, is uh, you know, uh, funny enough, another Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, okay. And um, and it is going to be National Treasure. Uh, mm. You know, uh, you know, it is. You know, it's like I was when I was putting together this list. You know, and I thought of National Treasure. I was like what is more patriotic than, you know, a movie that is quite literally about America's founding and going through <laughs> all of American history and, you know, and, you know, it, it's looking for treasure. It has adventure. It just has everything in it. And so I had to, I had to include it. Um, you know, national treasure is one of my top 10 all time favorite movies. Uh, I've rewatched it so many times. I, I can't even count. Uh, and, um, you know, it just has a little bit of everything. It has humor. It has great characters. Uh, it has an Indiana Jones feel to it. Uh, and just being a, a big history buff, you know, I love all the callbacks to, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the Declaration of Independence, you know, and just the Capitol and all the, all the different, uh, you know, locations that they visit. And, uh, you know, and you can't get pretty much any, you know, any better than, <laughs> The Nicholas Cage's quote is, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) So it's definitely, it's, it's, it's a movie I rewatch a lot. And it's just one of those ones that is the perfect movie to watch as July 4th is coming up. Um, You know, it's a, it's a fun for the whole family type uh, film. Man, that is a movie. I I think I actually saw that in theaters Mm -hmm. back in the day. Um, I was, I guess I was 18 when it came out, 19 mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I remember watching it in theaters and I remember watching it several times on DVD when it came out, you know, 
when it was released, but man, I probably haven't seen that movie in, you know, 12 or 13 years. I need to, I need to, I need to remedy that. (laughs) soon. (laughs) Uh, Uh. So it's, it's, it's a good one. Mm -hmm. I actually, I like you said, it has a Indiana Jones feel and it very much does. I've, I've actually started going back through the Indiana Jones movies because you know, the new ones coming out and it's been a while since I've watched them. So yeah, I, uh, mm-hmm. I, I really like those and I really like I, re- I remember really liking the national treasure movies too. So yeah, they, they definitely feel like they're, they're very, you know, very much cut from the same cloth. I've been watching through the, uh, the Indiana Jones uh, films myself and, um, you know, I, uh, can't wait for, for dial of destiny. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm right now, I'm kind of in the midst of a, uh, of a, uh, uh, of a decision right now where I've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, um, Last Crusade and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And I'm trying to decide if I want to watch Temple of Doom, uh, now as like a prequel to those three and then go see dial of destiny, or if I want to see dial of destiny first and then have temple of doom as the prequel and watch it after i'm still uh, in the midst of deciding about that um honestly temple of doom is like my least favorite of the originals the same with me uh-huh so i probably wouldn't want to end with that yeah. <laughs> that that was kind of what I was thinking too. Is I was like, I I don't particularly love this movie, and I was like, I'd kind of hate for it to be the last one. So like, I I am leaning towards watching it before Dial of Destiny. Um, I, yeah. I have never seen a bad movie made by James Mangold, so I have every uh, I have all my faith in, the, in this movie is going to be good because he's never made a bad movie. He's, he's made some bangers, man, from walk the line to three ten to Yuma to, I mean, this, this dude. So yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of oh, Logan, obviously. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh-huh. It, he, so, he has, he has not made a bad movie. I don't think like um, you, since uh, you love us uh, Stallone, have you seen his film Copland? Uh, oh dude. Yes. Uh, yes that's a great, a great one movie. too. Uh huh. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. No, I, so I, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Mango's going to knock this one out of the park. So mm-hmm. I'll probably go with the, the Temple of Doom first mm-hmm. and then end, end it on a bang. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, I agree. I, I have a feeling I'm going to really like Dial of Destiny, you know, because like I said, he's never made a bad movie. And I really don't think that kind of like after Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was kind of a disappointment. I really don't think that Harrison Ford would have signed on uh, to it if he felt it was a weak script. Like he really wants to go out with a banger. You know, he wants this to be a good final, you know, Indiana Jones film. So yeah, I have a lot of faith that this is going to be, that it's going to be at the very least a a good Indiana Jones adventure. Oh yeah. All right. Now I'm at my number one. All right. And I gotta, I gotta preface this. I was like, you know, given the top five, my, two of my all-time favorite directors are actually probably my two, period, my two all-time favorite directors are John Ford and Frank Capra. Mm, uh-huh. And those two guys, they actually ended up going into business together, creating their own studio, and um, but they represent everything that I that I value in America. They, they, they have values and they, 
they they believe in the you know they have this American spirit of optimism mm-hmm. that especially in in Capra's movies and and what I love about Capra is Capra was an immigrant right mm-hmm. he, he moved here from Italy well his family did um, brought him with them and he loved this country so much that he he wanted to represent it in its most pure and optimistic way and it just spilled all over in his films and he ended up you know the way with the way the film industry went it just got so cynical and and oh gosh if he could see the way it is now (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness Um, let's just say he he may not he may not be a fan of of all the deconstruction (laughs) oh gosh no gosh no Uh, he, he ended up retiring because he was just fed up with hollywood like i'm done with this crap and so yeah, I said all that to say, like, I felt like I had to include either Capra or um, John Ford. But honestly, I was leaning towards Capra. And, and the, the one movie between both of the directors that was standing out head and shoulders above any other was Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Oh, one of the best political movies ever made. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, it- <laughs> Talking about a patriotic movie, there is not a more patriotic man in the history of like fictional characters in film as Jefferson Smith. Like that is a he was a leader of Boy Rangers, and he goes on to be a United States senator through this fluke uh, appointment that he had, um, and he ends up seeing the corruption. And this is 1939. Well, I mean, I'm not sure when this actually took, when the setting was, but I, this movie was made in 1939. So, um, and, and they're talking about how corrupt uh, Washington was back then. Let that sink in. Yeah. <laughs> this is so true. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about it during, back, back when, a lot of politicians were still noble. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it, there's a certain degree of cynicism about our government and the way it's run. But where you, where you find the optimism is um, Jeff Smith's relentless um, drive to change things. And that's, that's what Capra has always represented is, is the little guy, the everyday man, the, 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 the average Joes of the world can make the biggest differences. And that's how he was with, you know, it's a wonderful life. That's how he was with, I mean, you just look back and, and this movie right here, you see this, everyday man as i said america's man (laughs) goes to washington and could easily get eaten up and chewed up and spit out and either become a statistic to where he's just like burnt out and just done with everything or he could just be corrupted along with them and none of that happens with jeff smith jeff smith does not stop like he's bound and determined to get what he wants accomplished like to get, to get these things done and to 
try to change what's going on in Washington. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but you know, it, it's probably. I think you probably guess it's probably not going to end well, but <laughs> uh, it's 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 rough to watch, but it's just like it's so so beautiful just to see his passion and. This is just one. This is an all-time top twenty for me. Um, I, I love you know this movie and It's a Wonderful Life. Both of them are like just both of them starring Jimmy Stewart. Both of them directed by Frank Capra, and they both represent the American spirit, the optimism that I love in film. Um, because I want to see the best of of the world. I don't want to see the worst when I watch a movie. Yeah. You know, it's it's so true. It's it's a film I'm very much due uh, for a rewatch. Uh, I probably haven't seen it in maybe about 15 years, but I remember when I did see it, uh, I absolutely loved it. It was it was absolutely fantastic. So I need to need to rec- rectify that rewatch and have that now. But it's like you know, it, it's so it has so many great actors too. Like it is such a lineup. I mean, of course. You know, we have James Stewart, you know, we have Claude Rains, we have, you know, uh, Edward Arnold, uh, Thomas Mitchell, Eugene Paulette, uh, Harry Carey, um, Porter Hall, you know, Charles Lane. It's, it's, it's just. Gene Arthur, man. Got oh, uh-huh, Gene yeah. Uh-huh. Gene Arthur. Yeah, it has, it, it is like literally a who's who of the golden age of Hollywood, basically in that movie at that time you know, um, amazing leads and just like jam packed with character actors in there. It's just, it's, it's so, so good. And, um, you know, and I, I do always actually kind of find it funny that, you know, with, you know, all the movies that, you know, Frank Capra made, you know, that Mr. Smith goes to Washington is not really, is not in as many discussions as it should be. I feel, you know, cause he made so many great films, you know, obviously it happened one night. You can't take it with you, you know, uh, and everything like that. But like, this is definitely, I would say Mr. Smith goes to Washington is right up there with, uh, you know, it's a wonderful life in the sense of, of just filmmaking quality. And just like you said, that, that, you know, good old fashioned American, you know, drive and spirit to, to better yourself and those around you. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, it, it does get the, uh, AFI treatment. I think the, the American film Institute has it listed on, it's 100 films or 100 years, 100 movies. Uh, mm. It might be on a, it might be on another list as too, as well. I think uh, that one, it happened one night and it's a wonderful life are all listed on it. Um, so, I mean, it did get that much treatment, but you're right. I mean, people mm. don't really talk about this film all that much. Um, it's not like it's a wonderful life where people watch it every year. And, and it, it happened one night. People, you know, that's like the original quintessential rom-com, you know, so like, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, and, and I feel like he, people talk more about arsenic and old lace. Yeah. Uh-huh. I would, I would say that like, yeah. And I love arsenic and old lace, but yeah, it's true. That one does get, you know, talked about a little bit more than, you know, Mr. Smith goes to Washington does, which just kind of definitely, definitely surprises me, uh, surprises me a bit. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so oh, man, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try and rewatch that this week because uh, it's just <laughs> a fantastic movie, and especially just talking about it now it's just <laughs> made me want to see it all the more. Uh, all right, well, now on to my number one on the list. Uh, I think you probably have an idea of 
which one it's going to be. Um, but uh, yeah, my, my number one on the list is going to be Roland Emmerich's uh, Independence Day. Uh, you know, uh, it's you know one of my one of my favorite movies of of all time. I've loved it ever since uh, ever since I was a kid, and uh, you know it is you know, pretty much the, the most iconic disaster film, you know, I feel like of all time. And, uh, you know, and just has, has such a fantastic, you know, cast of, of characters of Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum, you know, um, Judd Hirsch, you know, uh, it's just, it's so, it's so good. And you don't get, especially for, you know, like the 4th of July, you just, you don't get much, much better than bill pullman's iconic uh this is the fourth of july speech it is just so so good oh my gosh you know um you know it's no it's no wonder that uh you know bill pullman always tops the list for best movie presidents you know Uh, you know and um i'll take you any day Oh yeah. He's just, he's, he's incredible. And, you know, and as you said before, you know, I think, you know, it definitely is a saving the world and it definitely does have that little bit of a, you know, global feel to it. Uh, you know, but I, I do love that it still has that, that very much American feel of, you know, hope, you know, in the face of overwhelming odds, you know, of, you know, never giving, you know, never, uh, never giving up, you know, uh, even when things look completely hopeless and bleak, you know, and, uh, and so I, I, I just, I had to include it, you know, at the top of my list. Cause I was like, this is just, just one because, you know, and there's, there's not much more, I think that, uh, that I could say that hasn't already been said about independence day, uh, except that it's just, <laughs> it's just so much fun to watch, you know? Oh, I mean, I mean, I talk about it on, on, on my podcast, which I won't go into detail about it, but it represents, like four different versions of masculinity mm. uh, between Hiller and Levinson and uh, the president and um, the Russell case. Um, they're all different. They all have their own way of, of being, of stepping up, and being the brave man that they're called to be. And, but they all have their own personality, their own traits. Um, it's, it's interesting when you think about it and, and I'm not, I'm not going to go into detail. You can listen to my show, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it just shows that everyone is different, but we're all, um, we're all trying to achieve in this film, especially they're all trying to achieve the the common goal of saving the world. And, you know, Will Smith represents that, that, that John Wayne man that that we talked about earlier that, um, um, I'm, you know, I'm big, I'm bad, I'm tough. I'm going to save the world and I'm going to get the girl and I'm going to smoke a cigar afterwards, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I I just, I love that. And, and I, but I think all these guys, they represent so much as far as how we all come from different backgrounds. We all have different areas of expertise. We all have different ways of leading and, and different roles that we can, that, um, that we can serve and all, but all achieving the same common goal. So yeah, it's it's a 
it's it's a great American movie, man. Like and I, I said that earlier about it being more global, but it's definitely an American movie. Like it's one hundred percent. It represents all that we talked about as far as that American Americana spirit and you know, everybody coming together. That's what America's all about, man. Mm-hmm. We're one big melting pot, and that's what this movie's all about. So. Yeah, very, very well said. Um, yeah, I love, I love what she said about you know that it is true that they all are different forms of masculinity. They're all you know very different you know characters brought together by this insane you know situation that they all have are you know taking part in, and you know and, and it is so true about Will Smith. He is like the John Wayne character. It, it, it's true, you know. It's like you know the alien crash lands. He's faced with the alien. He punches it in the face, you know, and is yelling at it that I could have been in a barbecue. You know, it's like, it, it, you don't get much more John Wayne than that. That's how John Wayne would have been if he was in an alien invasion film. You know, one hundred percent. Oh. So true. Oh man. Well, folks, that is our uh, each of our top five uh, patriotic films, you know, to rewatch uh, for the Fourth of July uh, holiday. And uh, we also snuck in some honorable mentions there. Uh, and uh, so definitely, you know, go uh, go check out, you know, uh, the films on this list. You know, watch them with your friends and family. Uh, you know, have have some fun. You know, eat a hamburger and a hot dog and a root beer float. You know. <laughs> and uh you know and, and enjoy uh enjoy the freedoms that uh that we all have you know in this uh in this great country of ours so uh so jb uh where can uh where can people find uh find your work you mentioned uh your podcast and stuff so so where can people find you uh well i mean you can find me on facebook uh, uh facebook.com slash manly movies or Manly Movies 1. I'm not sure which one that is. <laughs> but, I, but I know on Twitter it's at Manly Movies 1. But the podcast is called Manly Movies. I mean, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, you know, Google, wherever you get your uh, podcast, Stitcher, um, Pocket Cast, I think. But yeah, anyway, um, basically, I, I look at movies a lot like what we've just talked about. And, and you know, me and one other guest would just get together and shoot the breeze and talk about our favorite movies and lessons they teach us about being a man. Cause every movie, um, it's not just mainly movies. Like it's not all John Wayne movies. You know, I've, I've, I've done like, I've done a rom-com before. So like, it's, like it's <laughs> men, men can take good, uh, manly wisdom out of a lot of different types of movies. And that's just kind of what we're, what I do, what I do it for. I've got a passion for film and a passion for discipleship. So why not mix the two? Um, but I've enjoyed it. Uh, Byron's been on there. Like, I don't know, five times now. So <laughs> I <laughs> have been, like this uh-huh. show, if you like this show, you can, you can hear him a lot more on, on, <laughs> on there. So, mm-hmm. uh, Definitely. I can, I can definitely tell, you know, say, you know, definitely check out, uh, check out manly movies. It's a great podcast. I really enjoy, uh, listening to every episode that comes out. Uh, you know, just great, great content, great guests, um, on there. And, you know, of course, uh, uh, everybody can listen to, uh, other episodes of under the lens. Uh, we are on every major, uh, you know, podcast, uh, platform 
And uh, if you enjoyed uh, this uh, list episode, we have other uh, movie list episodes. We have reviews, I have interviews, have a bunch of different uh, different things. So whatever you like, I guarantee you, there's something uh, there's something <laughs> along those lines uh, in the uh, in the history of Under the Lens. So so definitely subscribe and uh, and share it. Uh, you can also follow. Uh, my work on uh, on Facebook and on uh, Twitter uh, at Byron Lafayette. I share a lot of movie opinions on there, and uh, you know, and chat about different stuff and post articles I've written. So, would definitely love to uh, love to connect with you there. So, um, so that concludes uh, this episode of Under the Lens. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, definitely share it with you with your friends and uh, family. And uh, I hope you guys uh, found a good July Fourth movie uh, for you guys to enjoy this upcoming weekend. So, thanks for listening, all.